gift of love could I offer to a king? What weight or worth could be held within my offering? When he alone is worthy, a glory song. Inscribed upon my heart, this treasure held in an alabaster jar. I break to bring him all the glory. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Sacrifice could be equal to his own. The cross of Christ has declared that there is naught I owe. Yet I know I owe him more. Praise God from whom all
morning, everybody. Welcome to the Genesis Gathering. It's great to have you with us. Hey, share the link that you're using to watch this. Um, invite a friend. Okay, I'm sorry. Use the links that you're uh, watching this by and invite a friend. Go ahead and send it to them. So whether you're on the website or you're using Facebook, many people that do watch our, our uh, live stream now have switched to Facebook. And I, I get that. It's convenient. I'll bet you're watching it on smaller and smaller devices like your phone which is not as fun, the sound's not as good, so on and so forth. So plug that thing into your TV, okay? Or watch it on that giant 17-inch laptop that you've got. But share it, okay? Don't keep it to yourself. Also, we are celebrating communion this morning, so I would encourage you to get your elements ready, the bread and the juice, and uh, towards the close of service, then we'll receive communion together. Matt and Lisa are back from Hawaii, and oh man, are they anointed. It's like just, it's oozing out their pores. So it's amazing what a, uh, some rest and a wave will do for you, and they're going to lead us in a couple of songs. So let's enjoy our time of singing together. Well, something might be oozing out of our pores, probably sunscreen. <laughs> <laughs> We're glad to be back. Uh, we're happy that we're, you're here with us this morning. So just worship with us this morning. You hold the reins on the sun and the moon Like horses driven by kings You cover the mountains, the valleys below With the breath of your mighty wings all treasures of wisdom and things to be known are hidden inside your hands. And in this fortunate turn of events, you asked me to be your friend. You asked me to be your me to be your friend. 
Father, we thank you for creating an amazing future of us, regardless of our past, Father. And thank you that no matter where our past was and where it has taken us, you were always there with us. Lord, I come, I confess, bowing here. I find my rest Without you I fall apart You're the one That guides my heart Lord, I need you Your grace is born Where grace is found Is where you are Where you are Lord, I am free Holiness is Christ Just 
for this day. We thank you for the sunshine. We thank you that spring is coming. And we thank you for your love, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. And for longer days. Sorry about that, everybody. I'm thanking God with Lisa for longer days, is what I was saying. Hey, hope you're enjoying this springy day, and it's going to snow again tomorrow, they say. Hey, that rhymed. Uh, anyway, <laughs> great to have you all with us this morning. I'm hoping y'all are going to come and be with us in person on Easter. We'll get to that in a moment. Let's start with the normal stuff, which is, if you have prayer requests... Please send those to me right now at uh, my text, 720-878-3323. Or if you're on Facebook, you can post your prayer request on Facebook. We're going to pray in just a few minutes, and uh, so send those. If we get them a little late, we'll still pray for them later. Uh, but if we're going to pray during service, uh, I hope to see those pretty quickly here. Um, we're going to be having communion here at, at, uh, later in the service this morning. So gather your elements to take communion with us and uh, so you can be ready for that. Hey, I have something new to mention to you. Um, the church, it's, with it being spring, it's time to clean up the church lawn around here. And, um, you know, St. John's has been so gracious to us at Genesis. They have really taken care of us financially during COVID. And uh, 
this building and our use of it is such a gift. And we want to help take care of the property, help take care of this, uh, of St. John's. And so if you're available, there's two possibilities. One is this week, uh, the gentleman who's in uh, kind of uh, oversees all of the lawn care here, he's planning to come in the afternoons and do the cleanup, you know, picking up rocks and sticks and things that uh, prepare it so that later they can mow, it can be mowed. So if you're available this week, uh, please let me know and I will get you in touch with him so that you all can coordinate times to come over and help do lawn care. Uh, obviously, if it's snowing tomorrow, it won't be tomorrow. But at some point this week in the afternoons uh, is what his plan is. And then during the summer, uh, he'd like to have several teams of people to mow the lawn. If you would be available, you know, once every couple of weeks, once every three weeks to come over and help mow the lawn, let me know and I'll contact Lee and get you guys in touch with each other. So uh, that'd be a real blessing if you can be involved in that. Easter is coming up in two weeks and we thought this would be a really great opportunity for everybody to get out of their pajamas <laughs> and get here <laughs> and let us see each other live and in person. You're welcome any Sunday to be here live and in person. Um, but I know we're going through such a shift and and, and and it's been, quite honestly, it's easy. Everybody raise your hand. Yes, it's so easy, Nina, to stay in my pajamas, in my bed, with my cup of coffee. Right, Jean? <laughs> and, um, and just uh, relax at home. You can even be late, and it's not even hardly noticeable, right? So, but we really thought it'd be great to get back together, and Easter's the perfect time for us to celebrate Jesus, celebrate the resurrection, celebrate what he's done for us, and do it in person together. So we thought we'd have donuts and coffee, which we will be sure to do that in a COVID-safe sort of way. And um, 10 to 10, 25, then we're going to close the donut bar, <laughs> if you will, and then come in for service at 10.30. And I would really appreciate it if you would RSVP and let me know if you're coming so that we can plan accordingly. Again, you can just RSVP to my phone number. Plus, I'll be sending out an email uh, this week, and you can reply to the email as an RSVP. Um, just reminding you about donations. We thank you so much for supporting Genesis. And uh, you can do that on our website at genesiscc.net. I think you all are familiar with that. Or you can text any dollar amount to 720-730-8510. And when I say I think all of you are familiar with that, of course, there could be some who have not uh, been online with us before and it's your first time. So um, again, if you'd like to text, if you feel that uh, Genesis is feeding you and blessing you and or if the Lord is just speaking to your heart we do, we appreciate all that you do to support the ministry here through Genesis so I'm going to look here for prayer requests I see <laughs> 
Tanya, I love this. She says, always in pajamas. Listen, Tanya, if the only way you can get here on Easter, wear your Easter pajamas and come on in and see us. <laughs> okay, by the way, I don't expect to have child care on Easter. Uh, just bring children with you right into the service. And uh, so I wanted to mention that. Okay, Tanya has a prayer request. Uh, prayer that I reach the point in my business that I'm financially stable. Yes, amen to that. That's great. We will pray for that. And then I have some texts. Yep. Um, <laughs> and Jean is saying, yes, that's correct. She's in her PJs and enjoying her coffee. Jean, you too may come on Easter in your Easter pajamas if you'd like. You can even bring your own coffee cup if you'd like. Okay, anyway. All right, so family teenagers struggling with depression, wisdom for parents and counselors and doctors, amen. And then prayers for Tanya, and then I have one more here. Okay, I've got that. And then uh, I would like to pray for continuing recovery for Elizabeth and for Deborah from their surgeries. They're both coming along well. We just want to continue to support them. And then upcoming surgeries for Patty and Diane and Eileen um, and the things they're dealing with in the meantime till their surgeries. And then for Pastor Barb as, as she travels home from Texas this week. And I'm going to just have a drink of water. We should put that on a slide. Nina drinks water. I do that every week. There's something about talking in here and my Throat gets dry. I'm not sure why. Anyway, it's probably psychological. Okay, I'll make one more look here for prayer requests. All right, let's let's uh, let's turn our hearts to the Lord and bring these things to the Father. Father, we love you so much. Would you just take a moment right now and uh, just thank the Lord for something in your life, maybe several somethings. Just take a moment to be thankful as we start this time of prayer. Every day I go, uh, as I'm going about my life in my house, I, have, I thank the Lord for my home, the food, the on and on the list goes. Thank you, Father. Thank you for all you've done for us. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for never leaving us nor forsaking us. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you that you're the first and the last, the beginning and the end of our faith, Lord. Father, if anybody out there is struggling in their faith, I thank you that even when we have no faith left, 1 Timothy tells us, or it's 2 Timothy, Timothy tells us, that you remain faithful to us. Thank you for your faithfulness to us. And Father, I thank you for your faithfulness to Patty and Eileen and uh, Diane as they go into surgery, your faithfulness to Elizabeth and Deborah as they're recovering from surgery, your faithfulness to Barb as she travels, Lord, um, that you take care of all of these needs that you're with these people walking them through this for Tanya Lord God I thank you for this business you've given her and 
I can see her diligence in business. And I, I thank you, Father, that you just continue to open doors of opportunity for her to increase that business and become financially stable in it, Father, and to find it to be a successful avenue of income for their family, Lord Jesus. For um, the teenagers and the families who are dealing with depression, especially during COVID, but it, at any time, I know teenage suicide has been such a large issue. And, and Father, I just ask for your wisdom for the families, wisdom for counselors, that they'd have eyes to see what's going on at the right times, Lord, uh, and have the right answers at the right times to walk these teens through this until they come out of it, Father. And I thank you for life. I send life to these teenagers. I send inspiration to these teenagers. We just speak the life of God into these situations uh, and, and that we just see life, abundant, abundant life for these teenagers and their families in the name of Jesus. So Father, I thank you for each of these things. I thank you for the people who are watching uh, and listening today. And I pray that each of us, Lord, would have ears to hear what you, Holy Spirit, are speaking to us and teaching us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Nina. In fact, Elizabeth says regarding her uh, healing, she said, did you guys pray for me again? I think I'm doing a bit better. I, was, I wasn't in terrible pain last night when I went to bed, but I slept a bit better and then um, have been, then I have been, and my hip wasn't as stiff when I got up this morning. All wonderful things. So she's in recovery from hip surgery. And uh, thank you for that testimony, Elizabeth. I'm going to continue with our present series entitled The Beauty of Uncertainty. This is part three. And it, it may be the last message in the series. We'll see. But this morning's message is entitled, God is Okay with Your Humanity. God is okay with your humanity. Now, you know that what we began uh, concurrent with this series is a time of questions, questions and answers. I pose a question or two, and then you text us your answers. So we want to engage with you. And I want you to engage with us by thinking about the question that we're about to show you and then texting us, responding, okay? Would you do that? Let's, let's get a dialogue going. Jeff, let's have that question up. And the question, the first question is, do you feel your faith is in God or is in what you believe about God? Explain that. Second question is, do you agree or disagree with this statement? Church is too often the most risky place to be spiritually honest. Why? Right? Now, let's go full screen with that, Jeff. 
so that people can take a snapshot of it with their device or write it down. We'll give you just a minute. Again, there's two questions. The first one, do you feel your faith is in God or is in what you believe about God? And explain your answer. Explain your response for me. Secondly, do you agree or disagree with this statement? Church is too often the most risky place to be spiritually honest. Why do you feel that way? Or if you don't feel that way at all, why do you feel that way? All right? Give you just a second. You got a, got a picture of it? Got it written down? All right, here we go. We want you to text 720. <laughs> How can I forget this? 720-878-3323. Nina is monitoring it. Or you can put it in the Facebook chat feed. All right? We're monitoring both of those. So I'll, I'll just share something with you while you're thinking about the question and perhaps typing your response. Um, <laughs> last week, due to the snowstorm, we were broadcasting from home, and I was using a setup that I have uh, ready and prepared there at home for that purpose. Well, the microphone that I use is on a boom stand and on an arm that comes over and sets the mic in front of me, and then it, had, it has a real fuzzy mic cover on it. it, it it's a windscreen, but it... Uh, it looks like animal hair. I mean, it's, it's real big and fuzzy and loose and <laughs> gray, charcoal, charcoal gray and white. It, it's a very interesting windscreen, uh, but it works. And so um, here, it's the end of the message. I, I'm, I'm, I'm just hoping for a positive response from anybody. You know, pastors need a little bit of approbation and, and love sometimes. And a good member of our church texts in and says, you know, pastor's hair looked like that windscreen this morning. <laughs> okay, well, so it blessed me. Uh, blessed me immeasurably. And you know who you are. And you're watching because you watch regularly. And I hope I've made you and others smile. All right, do we have any responses yet to these questions? Now, I know that's because you're trying to text uh, an answer that's long. Or you're, try <laughs> you're trying to be thoughtful. <laughs> do you feel your faith is in God or is in what you believe about God? Interesting, isn't it? Is your faith in God or is it in what you believe about God? And if nothing's coming to the surface on that one, well, then I've got the second one for you. Would you agree or disagree with this statement? Church is too often the most risky place to be truly spiritually honest. Okay? I caught something, Nina, that you did in correcting yourself this morning. Yeah, come up. So, Nina's, I think you were actually praying, but you referred to a passage in Timothy. And you, you said first, and then you said, no, well, it might be second. And then you just said, well, Timothy. And I thought that was great for a couple of different reasons. Uh, because, you know, we, we are so unaware 
that that's how we relate to people that don't even know the Bible uh, or who don't care, frankly, about the Bible. And we have something really important to tell people, and they would listen, but we encouch it in language that makes no sense or that refers to Bible ease. We use Bible ease and um, uh, terminology that just causes them to, to disconnect and unhook. And so I really appreciated that you circled around in that moment and said, just Timothy, all right? He was, he, he was a guy who <laughs> was mentored by Paul, and he had really great things to say in the New Testament. Uh, it was recorded. Books. He wrote a couple of those, those books. And so anyway. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm, and, and in that moment, I kind of went... <laughs> Well, Timothy said it, so what's... You know. Yeah, 1 Timothy. His name wasn't 1 Timothy. Timothy. <laughs> His name wasn't 2 Timothy. Well, isn't that interesting how that applies to, the, to today's questions? Yes. <laughs> okay, and that wasn't planned. All right, Tanya says, My faith is in God. My beliefs have evolved over my life. However, God has always been the same. Wow. That Dar is awesome. Darling, I, I, I don't care if you're in your pajamas on Easter or not. You get here because <laughs> you're an encouragement. You bless us. I, I just don't know if I even have anything to, to respond to that. that that's a well-thought-out yeah. and well-stated answer to that, and I, I just completely agree. And, and I don't think I've ever put those two thoughts together. That right. is just a tremendous realization and wake-up. Uh, so, okay, and let's see here. I have several now. So, let's see. Okay, so we have um, Michael says, faith is in what I believe about God because it is the substance of who he is that is part of the discovery. Believing in his existence is easy. Let me read it again. Faith is in what I believe about God because it is the substance of who he is that is part of the discovery. Believing in his existence is easy. Okay. Michael, thank you for that. That's, that's an interesting take on this. And so what I might ask you to think about is... Have your beliefs about God changed in your lifetime? Number one. And number two, when we are in the middle of test and trial, which our text has been James chapter 1, and our text today is James chapter 2 and verse 19. However, when circumstances are blowing strong and you are under uh, the adversity what we believe about God can change what we believe about God gets tested and so a lot of people then don't continue to believe in God because their beliefs get challenged this happens a lot to people younger people who graduate high school go to college they get involved in college life, and for probably the first time, your belief in God really gets challenged. And most people aren't as thoroughly versed in the Bible to be able to answer those questions, those challenges, and so forth. And so they wind up feeling demeaned and isolated and uh, put down 
and ashamed and the like. And so they give up following Christ or believing in God passionately because they don't know how to bring to the table their beliefs according to Scripture. And so part of this question has to do with, is it my faith in God or is it my faith in Scripture or what is said about God that keeps me? They really are two different things. I think they overlap. As, yeah. you, as you were talking all this through, I'm going, for me, I think they overlap. Okay, anyway, uh, Matt Whipple says, in my experience... This would be to the uh, second question. In my experience, church has always been the most risky place to be genuine about your spiritual questions. And then Lisa said, depends on the church. <laughs> well. That's true. No, that's very true. Well, that's, no, and that's also true. Yeah. Come yeah, no, they're back. both true. Oh, sorry. I, I need to grab my water, hon. Oh, he's So messy. you're in charge. Uh-oh, I'm in charge. Well, this is, so those are really g good points. Gosh, I hope that we're becoming the kind of church where it's uh, not risky to ask questions. Um, then Michael says about that question, too, whoops, too risky in church, as people tend to be more defensive about their faith. R okay, my, my, sorry, my feed keeps bouncing along here. Um, because, okay, let me say that again. Too risky in church, as people tend to be more defensive about their faith rather than open and engaging by nature. Let me be more clear. Oh, oh, that's for the back to the first question from Michael. Okay, so back on this second question. Too risky in church, as people tend to be more defensive about their faith rather than open and engaging by nature. I, I think that, you know, we've, kind of, we've been taught in church to be right. Mm. We're declaring, we're, we're making this declaration, this is right, this is how it's done, this is what scripture says, amen, believe it or not. And so therefore, we, we even get as far as being arrogant about it without realizing we're being arrogant. But we defend our faith, and therefore it becomes, that's this defensiveness that I think you're talking about, is that we're constantly defending, but this is true, but this is true. You need to believe what's true. And therefore it becomes risky to say anything different. So, which leads me to, I think, a, a partner point here along those very lines. We're not only taught that faith is synonymous with being right or believing right, but that we're not to challenge authority. Right. Oh, well, yes, then there's that. I mean, you've got... Right, right. Presumably, well, the right. man of God or the woman of God... Right, right. ...teaching up front. Right. And they're teaching the Bible. They know it. They study it. They're, quote, anointed. And so, we're not we can't given the freedom to question that. Right. You know. Uh, yeah, I think for years we had people questioning in the seats and we never knew it. Oh, we, we just were unaware because, of course, they couldn't tell us. And, and then, of course, we were always mad and upset and offended <laughs> yeah. when, when somebody, you know, Are you when, telling when we on found us? out. Okay, we ask for forgiveness. Would you forgive us, please, for having been that way? Uh, okay, and Michael uh, said yes, Nina, so I think maybe I 
uh, affirmed there what he was saying. Okay, let's see, I've got a bunch of replies now, so I'm trying to, okay, so sticking with the same question. Tanya says, I would also agree that in most churches, it's quite risky to be genuine with spiritual questions. Now, she kindly said that this church has been the exception. Thank you, Tanya. We're working on oh, it. Oh, bless you. Yeah. Thank you. Um, so I know Michael has a follow-up to the first answer he gave. Yes, okay. What... Okay, so back to the first question about do we, is our faith in God or is our faith in Scripture? Right, so let me be clear. He says, let me be clear. My belief about God has matured. My belief in God remains constant. Mm. Okay. Yes, that's so, good. So we're growing. It's a progressive growing in Christ, in knowledge. But I hear you saying my, my foundation is trusting him. Even when my head is somewhere else, even when I'm being overwrought with challenges, right? E e even when I, I don't know which way is up or those uh-oh moments happen that test what we believe, I'm still trusting God. I'm still trusting in God. Yeah. Um, uh, so I think it's Kathy who's responding. Uh, like Tanya, my faith used to be in what I believed about God. But now it is in God himself as I learn more and more about God. That's mm. good. Mm. Yeah, that is good. Um, okay, back to question number two. And if you want, when you're texting your answer, you might just put Q1 or Q2 at the beginning of your reply. Uh, that'll help us too because we, we're having some bouncing back and forth as people want to answer a second or third time or clarify so Fran says uh, she, she agrees. She uh, does not feel safe being honest about her past to others. Not sure what they would think. Well, Fran, you and I need to have a talk. <laughs> we can both be honest about our past. <laughs> thank, you for, thank you for that honesty. Um, uh, Kathy says, and let me click the little more button. I've always thought the most of the, I've always thought that most of the time the quote, church, was too judgmental and arrogant. You believe what the church believes or you're out. Well, you know what? I think that's very true. You're kind of out of the club. Yeah, kind of out of the club. You're either in the club or out of the club right. or on the fringes of the, the club. Uh, thank you. Um, Tanya says, I've had many awkward questions that I would not have felt comfortable asking anyone else that I have uh, asking anyone else. And thank you, Tanya, for your bringing questions to us. I know Jeff has had some responses and a couple other people here, too. So um, I'm going to stick with the second question for a moment. Jeff says, sometimes people in church are the most judgmental. Whoops. Yikes. <laughs> that hit home. And that's the truth. And we should be the most loving, the most accepting, the most understanding, the most forgiving, the most willing to listen, to, to give approbation to. It's, I think it, it goes along with the uh, quote unquote being against sin that has made us the most. Yeah. That's that, one of the things that's, that's made really us the most judgment. Too. Yeah. Um, okay. Sometimes people in church are the most judgmental. Oh my gosh. This is just, this is so, 
So true, Jeff. Then people outside of the church who are more willing to believe in something, while people outside of the church more accepting, wow, that can certainly be true. And I want to see if, um, okay, that one's still question number one. Okay, let me go back now to question number one. And then Jeff says about question number one, which was faith in God or the scriptures. My faith is in God because of all the evidence that God has done in my life and keeps doing in my life. Amen. By the way, Jeff is regularly calls us. I've never, I've, I need to be bringing this up during uh, donation time. He's been regularly calling us about how money just keeps coming back to him or showing up for him. I mean, not, not like $30. We had, he had $1,000 returned to him. Uh, in the last couple of weeks. Wow. Come and on. Thank you, Jesus. He is Stop faithful. It. And that's when you say, my face in God, because of all the evidence that God has done in my life. He just keeps taking care of you. Jean says, my faith is in God because I believed in God when I accepted him as my Savior. Wow. That's a good point as well. All of these are really great points. Thank you, everybody, for participating in our Q&A and I hope that you're finding this engaging. I hope that you're finding it uh, faith building and lifting mm -hmm. and that it deepens uh, what you hear and what you take from the message which is our desire. Well you, you know that the scripture that talks about every one of us has a psalm, a hymn, a spiritual song, a thought to share from your heart that it's an expression of God through your life. So I think that's a lot about what this is about, is as we come together and we all share, exactly we right. build each other's faith. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. Good scripture. Good scripture. Well, let me then continue now with our text. You'll find it in Isaiah chapter 50, verse 10, and in James chapter 2, and verse 19. Let's look together at the word. Isaiah 50 and verse 10. Who among you fears the Lord and obeys the voice of his servant? Who walks in darkness and has no light, yet trusts in the name of the Lord and relies upon his God? James chapter 2 verse 19. You can believe all you want that there is one true God. That's wonderful. But even the demons know this, and they tremble with fear before him. Yet, they're unchanged. Who is your God? Who is your God? I was never given the freedom to question that. I was never given the freedom growing up or in Bible school or in the first decades of ministry. I was never given the freedom to question. What do I really believe about God? Who do I really believe that God is? So I'm going to give you a disclaimer here. You, you realize, don't you, that to be intellectually honest and actually question what you believe about God and who he really is places you in a category with many of your Christian friends, family members, and even Western evangelicals as someone who, quote, used to have strong faith, end quote. 
right? It is dangerous for you to go there. And yet, I can promise you the freedom you will experience as a human being and the depth and breadth that your faith will move into as a believer in Christ follower will be immeasurable. So I challenge you with who is your God? What do you really believe about God? Who do you believe he really is? Ask yourself this. Is God a cosmic cleric excessively concerned with whether you are thinking the correct thoughts and have all the right beliefs about God in place before you die? And if not, the judgment. I mean eternal punishment because he's angry about that. Believing well, believing right, translates into a feeling of security and peace with ourselves. And that with God, we must be on track. And that's why believing the right things and believing well is so important to us. Because it causes us to feel like we're right with God. We're okay with God. However, according to our text in Isaiah, I want you to notice, the prophet suggests that it's possible to walk in darkness and have no light, yet be in a place of complete trust of God. Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 5 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not rely on your own insight. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Even with your, when your mind is giving you fits, even when you feel like you've come across a passage of Scripture that conflicts with another, even when you're a college student and you're sitting in class and your teacher brings up something about religion and faith and God and it causes you to doubt or to question, you can still have your complete trust in God. You can still be trusting him with all your heart. It is not wrong to doubt. It is not sinful to doubt, to ask questions, to want clarification, to want to know and to understand who this God is. God does not get upset with you. He has no problem with that. Now, rather than a legal constitution which dictates personal behavior acceptable to God and which must be interpreted for you by a few who are, who are in authority, we should see the Bible as an unfolding and progressive narrative of God's unending love and efforts to bring us back into fellowship with himself. Jesus said in John's Gospel, chapter 5, verse 39, here you are, scouring through the scriptures, hoping that you will find eternal life among a pile of scrolls. What you don't seem to understand is that the scriptures all point to me. I have found many reasons in reading my Bible and reading the scriptures, I found many reasons to question, to doubt, but you know what I've also found? 
that God is not holding that against me. It is not, I, I no longer view the Bible as a legal constitution. I, I, I no longer believe it as a record that's holding me up to a, a, a set of morals, a list of behavior modification that, that God is watching over. And, and that only a few in authority can interpret that for me. I, I now see the Bible as a progressive revelation of God in his interactions with humankind. And that in there, somewhere in there, he put Jeff Corson. And somewhere in there, he put you. And he has his arms around you. And you can trust him deeply with all your heart, regardless of what might be going on. I'm going to read John chapter 5, this verse, verse 39 of John 5 from the Passion Translation. You are busy analyzing the scriptures, pouring over them, hoping to gain eternal life. And everything you read points to me. The Message Translation says it this way. You have your heads in your Bibles constantly because you think you'll find eternal life there. But you miss the forest for the trees. These scriptures are all about me. And here I am standing right before you. And you aren't willing to receive from me the life that you say you want. Isn't that powerful? I submit to you that God looks like Jesus. And the scandal of Jesus isn't that Jesus claimed to be divine. It's that God claimed to be Jesus. Did you know that God is okay with your humanity? Yes, He is. Some of us feel like we're a little more human than others. <laughs> Fran, that might have been what, what you're talking about. As you review your life, you found that there's been some very human moments that you don't feel like you're free to share. Haven't been free to share. And I get that. And I agree. I never was. That's because church and Christianity and friendships within that group, that team that I had joined, they weren't safe places. Because for them, faith equaled certainty and for them believing the Bible every word of it just you know like it says it flatly flatly reading the Bible if it's in the Bible I believe it God said it I believe it and that settles it kind of approach and that if my life does not line up with that well then God distances me from his presence until I get it right and then he will welcome me back into his presence I'm talking about Christians I'm talking about people who have accepted Jesus as their Savior and made him their Lord often are living under this cloud of exclusion of shame of guilt because of things in their life and just the opposite is true about our loving Savior he became human so that he might experience everything you and I will ever go through and he knows exactly what it's like. Now you might say, and of course I was taught, yeah, 
and he defeated sin and he stood strong and he never gave in and that's your example, that's how you should be. Well, yes, Jesus is an example for us. But the truth is, the covenant that God made with us was actually with his son Jesus, not with us. God made a covenant with Jesus and Jesus fulfilled it every jot and every tittle. And so when I place my trust in Jesus, I'm actually saying, God, I receive your provision for my righteousness. You made me the righteousness of God in Christ. Look with me at the book of Hebrews, the second chapter. And I'm going to start reading in verse 9, and I want to remind you of our question. Do you feel your faith is in God or is in what you believe about God? All right? Hebrews chapter 2, starting in verse 9. But we see Jesus who was made lower than the angels for a little while, now crowned with glory and honor because he suffered death so that by God's grace, notice that, by God's grace, not because God was angry, not out of punishment, but by God's grace he would experience death on behalf of everyone, all humanity, the entire world, nobody left out. Verse 10. For it was fitting for him for whom and through whom all things exist and in bringing many sons into glory to make the pioneer of their salvation perfect through suffering. Verse 11. Now the mere translation of the start of this says he carried out a rescue mission. For indeed he who makes holy those being made holy Excuse me. For indeed, he who makes holy and those being made holy all have the same origin. In other words, both he who makes you holy, Jesus, and you and I, we come from the same loins. God is our Father, God is Dad. <laughs> Father God is our, our DNA. We come from him. And so he is not ashamed to call them brothers. The mirror translation says he proudly introduces them as members of his immediate family. Isn't that great? <laughs> Verse 12, saying, I will proclaim your name to my brothers in the midst of the assembly. I will praise you. Again, he says, I will be confident, underscore, I will be confident in him. Or... I will rest my complete confidence in him. In who? In God, my Savior. And again, here I am with the children that God gave me. And so this whole thing isn't about trying to change us or hold us up to a standard of moral behavior. It's all about how that Christ came. He accomplished the righteousness of God. He accomplished everything required in the law completed it, fulfilled it completely. And then in Christ, you and I have been placed and God made his covenant with Christ. And so when Christ prayed, that was me praying. When Christ resisted temptation, that was me resisting temptation. 
God hasn't left me to myself. God hasn't left you to yourself to try to figure out how to walk like Jesus. You are in Christ. You are in Jesus. And now even your faith in God is a result of the faithfulness of Jesus Christ, not something you stir up. All my years of Christianity, growing up, going to Bible school, how I was parented, when I got out of Bible school and started in ministry and all that I learned there, it was frankly all about believing correctly and believing more rightly and passionately so my faith would grow and increase so that I could receive more of who I was supposed to be. So frankly, it became about me. It became about my ability. It became about my faith. It became about whether I was reading the Bible enough and praying enough and being a good Christian and whether I was putting down those temptations. It was all about me. And so it turned into a, a, a self-righteousness, a, a do-it-yourself religion that Jesus never established or came to start, period. When God placed you and me in Jesus, he made a covenant with Jesus and said, now, everyone on the planet... Everyone I bring into this new relationship with me, a new covenant, everybody's included. I am not mad. I was not trying to punish you. So by my grace, you experienced what humanity was going to experience because of sin. And through my grace and my power, I brought you through that. And you became the great substitute for all of humanity. And now all of humanity can place their confidence in me because of you, Jesus, and the covenant that I've made with you. And everything required by that covenant, Jesus, you complete. And so by inference, I complete it. There isn't anything in my life that God is unsatisfied with because I am complete in Christ. And in that Christ prayed perfectly, I pray perfectly. In that Christ believed perfectly, I believe perfectly. And so back to our original text at the start of this series in James chapter 1 about when you ask, ask in faith, nothing doubting. We've, we've unpacked that. We've, we've, we've taken that apart for you. And explained in the first two lessons what all of that means and what it doesn't mean. And that God was not referring to prayer, general prayer there. And he was not referring to the need for you to bone up and increase your faith so that you can receive from God. And the reason why I know that is because my faith is not based on the things I do or the things I correctly believe about the Bible. My faith is based on the faithfulness of Jesus Christ. I don't know if you're getting that or not. My faith is not based on correctly believing the Bible. My faith is based on the faithfulness of Jesus Christ. 
I want you to see now verse 14 and 15 from this passage in Hebrews. Here we go. Therefore, since the children share in flesh and blood, he likewise shared in their humanity. God loves your humanness. God's not afraid of your humanness. It's okay to be human, to act human, to act out as a human. He likewise, Jesus likewise, shared in your humanity so that through death, what did he do? He could destroy the one who holds the power of death, that is the devil, and set free those who were held in slavery all their lives through fear of death. Do you know what the system of religion that requires you to believe correctly instead of simply having a faith in the faithfulness of Jesus, do you know what that produces in your life? Fear. Fear that you're not good enough. Fear that you haven't read your Bible enough. Fear that you haven't gone to church enough. Fear that you didn't say the right thing to this person or that person. Fear about this. Fear about that. Fear that somehow you're outside the blessing of God. Fear that because you got sick, well, God was judging you. Fear, fear, fear. Shame, shame, shame. Why? Because we are believing that it's our responsibility responsibility to believe correctly what the Bible says instead of believing simply in God, putting our faith completely in his faithfulness, and then allowing God to work all things to the good. Here's verse 14 that we just read. Here it is from the mirror translation. The fact that the children are flesh and blood beings by design explains the incarnation. In the genius of God, the word was always destined to become flesh. He lived and died in a body as fully human as ours. Dying our death was his doorway into our deepest fears. Did you get that? Dying our death was Jesus' doorway into our deepest fears. And thus then, he disengaged the dominion of death that had us trapped and had the whole human race trapped in a, quote, fallen mindset. Well, I believe the Bible, Jeff. I, I, I just, I believe what the Bible says. It's in the Bible. Well, actually, no. We all believe what we interpret the Bible to say, which is extraordinarily influenced by our upbringing, our religious traditions, our personal circumstances, and our fears. All of them affect significantly and affected significantly by a fallen mindset and a twisted view of God. Remember now, God looks like Jesus. Part of our text, you are busy analyzing the scriptures, pouring over them, hoping to gain eternal life. 
Everything you read points to me. Peter N. said in his book, The Sin of Certainty, this, and I quote, The need for certainty is sin because it works off our fear and limits God to our mental images. So see, what we refer to as faith and asking without doubt is often an alignment of faith in God, certainly about what we believe and needing to be right. And we think God's going to give it to us because we're right or we believe correctly, or we prayed it the right way, or we prayed it loud enough, or we said it enough times, I can't tell you how many messages I heard and how I grew up in this, quote, uh, word of faith, confession, word of confession movement, where, where receiving something from God was based on saying it correctly and or saying it enough times correctly. Name it, claim it, believe it, receive it. And none of that has anything to do with Proverbs 3, 5, which very, very simply says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and don't rely on your own insights. Scripture is meant not only to bring us to Christ, but to reveal us in Christ. Scripture is meant not only to bring us to Christ, but to reveal us in Christ. I hope that in some way these thoughts have helped you to process through these couple of questions and to review, in, in particular, do you believe in God? Or do you believe what people have said about God or do you believe because of what you read in the Bible which so drastically can change the scriptures point us to Jesus but they are not Jesus the scriptures point us to Jesus but they are not the final authority of Jesus oh gosh there's so much so much I want to say about that one principle Nina we need to celebrate communion Let's go ahead and have our communion elements. Uh, we're going to invite all of you to come. We have a communion table set up over here. There's uh, uh, the ability to cleanse your hands and uh, before you take the elements. So if you would, it's a self-contained cup that has both the juice and the bread in it. So if you would, everyone that would like to, come to the table, get your communion elements, you at home there, I trust that you've taken a moment to get the juice and the bread, and let's have communion together. We have so much here to celebrate. Okay. happened as a result of the, the renewing our mind with this beautiful gospel of inclusion and 
the incarnation of Christ into all humanity and is I appreciate communion so much more. Jesus said, this is my body. Take and eat. And as you do, recognize it's not just a symbol. By faith, you are partaking in the covenant God made with Jesus. <laughs> His faithfulness is what your faith is in. Let's take and eat. Those little things are amazingly fresh. I like that. And, and for any of you that aren't aware, this is how we have been serving communion all during our time of COVID. Is with these little self-contained communion cups where the wafer is sealed into the lid and then the juice is below and a peel off. And... Uh, if you would like some of these in order to more easily and conveniently celebrate communion, please let us know, and we'll buy a, a larger lot of them and make them available to you, okay? So Jesus took the cup after supper, and he said, this is the New Testament, the new covenant in my blood. And we now know that God made that covenant with Jesus and then put us into the middle of it and included us. So as you drink today... Allow the faithfulness of Christ to become the new foundation for your own faith. Hey, I'd like to um, ask you to pray with us. Um, during church service here, I got a call from a friend. Um, and I'm going to leave this person nameless because... They haven't given me any permission. I just listened to their voicemail, uh, permission to share openly about this. So since they're nameless, I think we can pray. But um, their husband went into the hospital on Friday and is in ICU. Uh, I don't think it's in relationship to COVID, but I have a feeling it's in relationship to an ongoing problem. I'm very, very troubled by this. Can we, can we pray for them? I'd appreciate your agreement and prayer. For this family. So he's uh, being intubated he's, right now? No, I or, or I, not? Is it that far along? I, I have, we don't know. I, all I know is he's in ICU. He's in ICU. And I don't think it's COVID related. And it's not COVID, but we don't know what it might be. Or we're, we don't have that freedom. Right. Okay. All right. Father God, we lift them up. You know who they are. I know this is a troubling time for them. Um, I imagine decisions are going to need to be made, and um, Father, we're asking for your best answer, your life-giving answer for this family, Lord Jesus. I pray that they'd have peace of mind. I pray that they'd recognize your presence, um, that they'd hear your voice, and um, that they know you're very involved in every moment of what's going on. We do thank you, Father, for your spirit of life to be in this situation in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Jeff, as we leave, I know we didn't use our transition song. I went right from the questions into teaching. Would you go ahead and use that song as we leave today? Uh, the transition song, I'd appreciate it. And for everybody who's been 
who has joined us today and been viewing online, thank you. Uh, be sure to share the link and encourage would welcome me I was lost but he brought me and oh his love for me oh his love for me who the sun sets free always free Yes, he does. 